Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. We are over two years into this podcast run. We are 125 episodes deep into this podcast run. Yeah, 125 perfect episodes, just perfect every week. But there's a bunch of episodes that are more perfect than the rest of them. Talk about it. Well, I mean, the Lenny S episode. Okay. The Sherry Bryant episode. Yeah. The... Wayno Clark episode. <laughs> the Just Blaze episode. Okay. There's a certain theme that we keep coming back to guest after guest. And yeah, I mean, if people want to put the pieces together. It's it's a certain moment in time. People have put it together. There's a certain sound from a certain city that just rings off for us. You know it. You guys, You guys know it. So on July 26th, yeah. at Highline Ballroom here in New York City, <laughs> we're bringing together so many of the greatest pieces behind Rockefeller Records. <laughs> we have Lenny S., Young Guru, Just Blaze, Emery Jones. Oh, yeah, I should be doing the... <laughs> Shaka Pilgrim. <laughs> Freeway and more. A waste of time with it's the real live Highline Ballroom Rockefeller Records. I'm not even gonna call it a reunion. It's a celebration. One more time. <laughs> Lenny S. Young Guru. Emery Jones. Freeway. Shaka Pilgrim. Just Blaze. Did I say Young Guru? Yes. Um. <laughs> And more, all together on one stage. A live podcast, amazing discussion. <laughs> I was going to say award-winning. I don't Award-winning conversation live at Highline Ballroom. Tickets are on sale right now. It's thereal.com. Get them before they sell out. Now, over the years, there's obviously been a ton of Rockefeller content that you've gotten to your eardrums. There's been Jay-Z telling all of his stories. Dame Dash telling all of his stories, but these people are the ones who actually put shit together. And it's not just each one by themselves. If you've heard the Lenny S episode, you've heard a lot of stories. If you heard the Sherry Bryant episode, you've heard a lot of stories. But it's all of them together. And, you know, one sparks another, sparks another, and all of a sudden you've got this amazing story that maybe has gone unnoticed or unsaid for so long. Also the fact that it's not just going to be old shit. Because this Friday, Jay-Z is putting out his album. This is true. And, and some of these people... Some of these people have worked on that. Have known a thing or two to... Uh... Yeah, they know what 444 actually means. <laughs> so... Because I don't. That's right. That's going to be my first question. Oh, my God. It's going to be an incredible evening, July 26th. We're one month away. It's a Wednesday evening, 8 o'clock. Please get your tickets now. You guys love the episodes don't, that don't we do. Please get your tickets now. Get your tickets now. Get your tickets now. Get your tickets now. Get them right now. It's thereal.com. Uh, I, I would like to mention, we saw a screening for this amazing movie starring Kumail Nanjiani, who you guys know from Silicon Valley, and uh, he's been uh, a stand-up for a number of years. This movie that he just put out uh, that was written by him and his wife called The Big Sick... Yeah, their story is crazy. It's crazy. It's so good. It's, it's hilarious. It's a comedy. It's a it's Judd a Apatow. Yeah, people say it's a romantic comedy, and I guess it is. I usually um, 
have never enjoyed romantic comedies. Okay. Um, but this, I, I really, like, really, really, really good. Like, laugh out loud funny. It does, it does touch one's emotions. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, it's not like... And it's based off their true story. Right. It is just, an, I don't even want to, like, spoil it so much. Right. But it's like, the big sick... Catch it in theaters. It is in theaters right now. Again, we're so not being good. paid for this. No, I don't know where you can go find it. I mean, if you want to like hit us up and ask <laughs> us where your local theater is, I'm sure we'll respond back because we're nice people on yeah, Twitter. do that. But, I mean, we're not being paid to be your personal movie phone, your no. Fandango. No. I mean, I will do it. Yeah, yes. I, but, I will do it. I have I have the time. But here's, here's, here's how you guys can help support us. Go press play on Spotify and Apple Music and iTunes and all that. Our new album is called Teddy Bear Fresh. And we have two songs now on Spotify that are over 100,000 plays, Sugar High and Metaphor. People are really fucking with that. But today on the podcast, Jeff, who do we have? Our good friend, Hip Hop Mike, who we've known for many years. He started off as Peter Rosenberg's assistant and is now doing overnights and some substitutions over at Hot 97. And you know what? If that was just his story... That'd be a good story. Like It'd be from, an okay story. From nothing to something. Yeah, well, from Peter Rosenberg's assistant to <laughs> yeah. something more than that. But That's right. I think that he, you know, when you when you put it in the context of this is a kid who he was dropped off at his grandmother's house to for her to raise him. Right. His father went to jail. Hip Hop Mike ends up going to a group home at one point. Oh my god. Um you know, having his own like issues going uh, growing up, and then just working really, really hard to get to the place where he is today. And like it's just the the twists and turns, but also like Hip Hop Mike is just a hilarious. There's so person. many hilarious parts of this story when he goes to prom, when oh he doesn't God. go to prom, what his mother's car. If this is a his if, car, if this is a this is a must listen episode, Jeff. When you want to get into it, right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Spittin' Game, a.k.a. Baseball. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Getting Skins, a.k.a. Jeffrey Dahmer. Yo, what up? It's Hip Hop Mike. Yeah, and this is a waste of time with this for real. Mike, the last time we saw you, or one of the last times we saw you, was at South by Southwest. And this was our first time down at South by Southwest. Oh, true. Um, we, we, we flew down there a little early because there was an incoming snowstorm. Uh, you flo- flew down a little later, I think, because there was an incoming snowstorm but we get down there and we had one mission right and that was to go find nardwar and hang out with nardwar oh my god and yeah. so yeah you had forgotten about this nardwar this. so we find nardwar we link up with him and he's like hey come to this interview that i'm gonna do with what are the kids names uh it was with uh michi and tutsi right the the kids who uh dance, dance on for, different tours yeah. reverse yeah yeah <laughs> and so we're, we're witnessing the interview and all of a sudden he gets a phone call and he takes or FaceTime and he takes it and slides over the thing and I'm looking over his shoulder at who it is <laughs> and it's hip hop Mike on Nardwar's phone and he was like, It's hip hop Mike and you're like, Yo and you <laughs> and you look at us on the other end and you're like hey it's it's the real you're like i'm glad you found the guys and uh i'll see you guys soon and we're like what like this is crazy <laughs> how did you link up with nardwar um at south by southwest hanging out with rosenberg man uh, nardwar is his boy and like <laughs> that's the go-to for south by this is like the first year that i went without rosenberg so like i was down there and i'm like shit i gotta find out where nardwar is was- he always hits me like every time south by comes he's like yo where are you at hip-hop mike <laughs> <laughs> you lately have been doing um, overnights at Hot 97, but also like during the day shifts. So what's the big difference between like the overnights 
you know, the the tw- the midnights to 6 a.m. and like when the sun is actually out. The biggest difference is probably traffic getting to the station. But besides that, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. Like, That's it? It's a similar show. It's more people obviously listen during the day. So, like, it's, I guess, a better look of sorts. Do you find, like, the, the callers are different during the night and during the day? Oh, yeah. The callers are definitely different. <laughs> at, at night, they're consistent. Like, during the day, it's just nonstop callers. So, like, you have different people. Right. At night, it's just, like, all the same people. It's, like, a crazy lady and, like... <laughs> Do you know their names? I know Lady B. Lady B? Lady B. She's um the Jamaican soul queen from Brooklyn. Okay. <laughs> she loves me. Mm-hmm. How she often does she call in? Every single night. Really? Every night she calls. Have you met her in real life? No. But she sent me cards like mail, like like prison styled <laughs> mail. Like it comes just like etched with pencil is yeah. the address. She addresses it to Hip Hop Mike. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did she like draw your picture? She hasn't drawn a picture yet. Okay. No, not not that in, like, would, you know intricate. Would, yeah. <laughs> would you be willing to meet her in real life? I don't know. Would you well, bring her guess home? Guess what? <laughs> She's right She's back here. here. Oh, <laughs> Lady B. <laughs> Mike, a lot of people know you on social media. A lot of people know you from being on Hot 97. But a lot of people don't know your story. And one of the other people who really wanted to see you on the podcast because they know your story was Peter Rosenberg. So... If you don't mind, let's get into it. Where are you originally from? Originally, I'm from Queens. Okay. Jackson Heights. Jackson Heights. Yes, sir. And you made it through second grade there? Pretty much. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're talking like siblings? I have a younger sister. Okay. But she grew up in Long Island. Okay. In West Hempstead. How do we get from Queens to Long Island? So my parents, they were living in Long Island. They left me at my grandmother's in Queens. So I kind of grew up with my grandmother and like my grandfather. Mm-hmm. My sister grew up with my parents in Long Island. Why did your parents go to Long Island? Um, they were always out there. Like they always had a house out there from when I was born. But like when I was born, I was the first child. Like my sister's three years younger. Mm-hmm. So pretty much they would leave me with her to like kind of take care of me for those first couple of years. And then like when my sister was growing up, they started with her in Long Island. And then I moved out there like later. Did your parents come and visit you while you were living with your grandmother? Yeah. Well, my mom worked in Queens, um, in like Astoria. Mm-hmm. She's a foot doctor. She's a podiatrist. Okay. So she had like an office not too far from my grandmother's house, and she would come by like after work a couple of days a week and like you know i'd hang out and there were times i came to long island too like i would go out to west hempstead and hang out with them you just get on the train pretty much <laughs> yeah. yeah i would just get Hitch on the train yeah. yeah they like they would tie um the leash with the collar <laughs> yeah. around so like people knew it was me if i got lost right you ran alongside the train <laughs> <laughs> exactly pretty much uh do you remember when you first met your little sister um i don't okay. i remember going to the hospital when she was born like very vaguely yeah mm-hmm. but i mean not so you do again. remember okay. <laughs> v- vaguely like i don't remember meeting her i just remember being on the steps of the hospital when she was being born but like i mean i've always known her she's my yeah. little sister yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then how do you uh transition to being a long islander so I moved out to Long Island and started, like, I guess, elementary school out there or, like, was picking up elementary school out there. And, I mean, it was regular. Like, it wasn't too much different. Like, I was still really young. I made friends and everything. And, like, I was kind of low-key as a kid. Like, I didn't have a lot of friends, but, like, I had a few friends that were, like, down with the Pokemon cars and, like, <laughs> yo-yos and, like, all the cool stuff that you had in, like, fourth grade and third yep. grade. And, um, yeah, I mean, I was out there for a long time. Like, when I moved to Long Island, I went through middle school and, like, the first year or so of high school out there. Like, I, I moved going into high school out there. But, um, yeah, middle school, I was out there and got into, like, some hood stuff. And then, like, I don't know. The story continues. Do you do all four years at one high school? 
Uh, no, I did. I went to five high schools. Five high schools? Yeah. In four years? The story really starts, I guess, like going into middle school. My dad, he like got in a lot of trouble. He was like had a gambling problem. He stole a bunch of money from his job. And like this whole thing went down where he was getting ready to go to jail. So like going into middle school, it was kind of just back and forth between like living with him and my mom because they, they uh, split. So he still lived in Long Island. I still went to the same school, but living with him was definitely different like I started getting into trouble and like you know messing up in school and you know over time I guess once he ended up going to jail that's when I started moving around in high school so your dad uh did a bid that lasted how long uh five years what was that like for young hip-hop Mike (laughs) I mean I've moved all over the place like I never really got along with my mom too well growing up but like especially with them having friction so Mm -hmm. like once he got in trouble, I left, went to live with him, and, like, for two years, I just kind of, like, slept on the floor in that apartment and everything, and, like, was I had an air mattress. I didn't sleep exactly on right. the floor, but... Yeah. So I slept on the air mattress, whatever, and once he went away, that was when, like, it kind of got shook up. I moved down to Florida in ninth grade. Like, okay, now, be, wait, but hold on. Did, did Lady B write to your father <laughs> in prison? She, she might have. I'm not sure. My dad was in prison, rest in peace, with Prodigy's uncle. I don't know if his uncle really? has passed wow. away, but rest in peace to Prodigy. Yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you visit your father in jail? Once. What was that like? Um, it was interesting. Like, I, at that point, I had kind of went through my own stuff, like, with legal trouble, and I had been in, like, juvenile facilities and stuff, so it wasn't, like, too much different from that. And, mm-hmm. like, he was in a nicer place than I was in, like, coming up, because yeah. he was, like, in the state prison upstate. So, I mean, yes, it wasn't if I know big. anything about prisons, <laughs> it's that some are really nice. Yeah, there's some nice ones. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. He was up there, like, playing Scrabble and chilling. I mean, it was nicer than the one I was in. Like, <laughs> right. I went to go visit him. His, like, biggest problem was, like, somebody broke the toaster, and it was, like, quiet for them making toast that week. But, like, <laughs> well, in my place, toaster, people got yeah. stabbed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, your father stole a lot of bread. Yeah, he stole a lot of bread. <laughs> exactly. Then, yeah, yeah. You get into, into trouble in middle school and get into high school? Yeah, like, coming out of middle school, I was, like, really getting in a lot of trouble, and I was, like, kind of breaking into houses and, like, hanging out with, like, really bad kids. Just, so like, kind of breaking into houses. Kind of breaking <laughs> yeah. houses. I was an accomplice. I wasn't... <laughs> I'm not going to frame myself on this podcast. Right, right, right. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't devise the plan. If you were in Ocean's Eleven, you might not have been, like, with the team. No, I was the old guy that was just, like, kind of with it, but kind of, like, You were like, this out. is my last time. Exactly. I'm getting too old for this. Exactly. You I were was like turning 17, <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, wait. But you went, you went before a judge and everything? Yeah, well, I went to a magistrate, which is, like, the in-between, I guess, of, like, seeing a judge and, like, not being in trouble. You yeah. see, like, a magistrate who kind of decides what happens. And I go to the magistrate, and at this point, my mom was, like, dating my tennis coach. But this is after I came back from Florida. This is wait, like, wait, 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 we got to yeah, rewind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to tell the story the right way. All right. <laughs> yeah, were you good at tennis? Like, where does this come from? Okay, so, like, rewind. In ninth grade, I moved to Florida. I'm living with my aunt and uncle down there. So, like, it's a whole switch up because up here I was living with my, like, Italian grandmother and, like, my parents. Like, my mother is super Italian. My dad, he kind of wasn't around. So, like, I grew up around, like, a lot of, like, Catholic Italian stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then I moved to Florida and I was with my father. And you father know, there's no God the down there. There's no God down there. <laughs> yeah. They're, they were Jewish. There's a God, but not a Jesus. Right. So, down in Florida, there was no Jesus and there yeah. was only God. And, and shuffleboard. And shuffleboard, exactly. So, we did a lot of shuffleboard, like a lot of surfing and stuff like Wait, that. Wait, your dad's side of the family is Jewish. Jewish. Yeah. yeah. My last name's Turkowitz. Oh, right. no. We're right. aware. For yeah. the people that don't know. Yeah. <laughs> 
But um, yeah, my dad's side of the family is like all Jewish, so I moved down there with them, and like it was definitely a shakeup. Like they have they have a decent amount of money. There's like an anesthesiologist. My okay. aunt doesn't. Um, she was working at like a bank. She doesn't work now, but um. Yeah, they had like money and they lived on the beach and it was like a whole shakeup from like robbing houses and running around the hood and like Yeah. So you, you go down there and do you immediately do you flip a switch and turn into like straight laced hip hop mic? Not necessarily. <laughs> like I was just around different people, but like my cousin, they went to um all my cousins, there were three of them down there, they went to private school. I went to the public school out there. So mm-hmm. like I kinda stayed in that same like getting in trouble stuff, but it wasn't so much breaking into houses down there. It was like selling weed and like yeah. Just kind of BSing, so. How do you get into selling weed in a totally new, like, environment? I mean, wherever I go, I got to find weed. You got to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I met the weed guy. And, yeah, like, wait, but <laughs> being, being, like, a consumer is different than being the salesman. <laughs> I mean, I consumed, I guess, enough to f- sell. <laughs> I was, like, I would pick up from this kid that I made friends with, and, like, we would just sell weed. Like, it wasn't anything, like, I wasn't Pablo Escobar, but I was, like. Well, no, Pablo Escobar wasn't Jewish. <laughs> that's true, too, yeah. <laughs> so, so you get down there, you're selling weed, you're living with your aunt and uncle. Yeah, and just, like, running around, I guess, the streets. Like, I was still young. I didn't have, like, a car or anything, so it was just, like, Well, when did you get out. your driver's license? Uh, 17. Okay. I moved back to New York. Okay, so when you're down there, you're getting driven around. You're yeah. going to You're going to public school. Well, I'm still a kid. I'm, like, in ninth grade. Like, I just started, like, or was picking up ninth grade. Like, and at that point, are you playing tennis? Um, no, not yet. Okay. Are you playing any sports? Um, not really. I was playing like a little bit of basketball and like hockey because my cousin's really big into hockey down there. Yep. Just like here and there. Hockey in Florida? Hockey. Yeah, they go like, they drive like two hours to ice rinks. That's why we were in Canada. That's the only reason I got to visit my dad was um we went to Canada for an ice hockey tournament and drove to New York to go visit him. Like he's, he was all the way upstate, like right oh, on the border. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, that was all just going up there for hockey. Like it wasn't a planned trip to just go see him. But So, okay. Once you're once you're up there and you visit your father, what is that experience like? Um, I mean, it was cool. It was just like for the first time I had seen him in a couple of years. Like, you know, he had been away maybe two years at this point, and like I had been living in Florida for like eight months. So it was just kind of catching up and like you know seeing how he was doing. Um, he was supposed to be out in like three years. It's his time got extended because like my mother and my aunt and all were like writing letters against him because they're like crazy. So, like, his time hadn't been extended yet. So, like, we were kind of optimistic of, like, oh, this is, like, my only year that I'm going to be in Florida and come home. And he'd be home and, like, I would pick up 10th grade back normal, like, where I was at in Long Island. And um, once that didn't be, like, what didn't turn out to be the case, you know, I went back down to Florida and kind of started getting frustrated with being down there. And that's what pushed me back to New York. Yeah. I mean, w- while you were down in Florida, did you feel alien to the whole situation? Did you feel like you were um, pushed out from, like your real family not really like honestly before that i didn't really feel like i was close with my family like me and my mom hadn't spoke much and like when we did we were arguing and like i was just really close with my grandmother so like i guess the part of being away from her was like the worst but like me and my sister weren't really close and like my dad like i would talk to him once in a while he called collect down to florida so like i was still in touch with people but i didn't necessarily have like anything going on up here like i wasn't friends with a ton of people like it wasn't I wasn't missing out on anything except for street stuff. So, mm-hmm. when do you actually finish high school, and where? Uh, I finally finished in Brooklyn. In, wait, but okay. that's like, yeah, this is like four years down the road. High school is crazy. Well, talk uh, talk about it. 
All right, so when I came back to New York from Florida, I got into, um, I went to Oceanside High School. My dad, he married somebody like right before he went into jail, this lady, Carol, and she had two kids and they lived in Oceanside, Long Island. When, when, they, mar- when they got married, did she know that he was going away? Yeah. Okay. They, they so were dating like-, like for the two years kind of in between when like he was getting ready to go to jail and like those two years I was sleeping on the air mattress, like they mm-hmm. had started kind of seeing each other and like... You know, um, right before he went away, they kind of got together and, like, got placed together, and then he went away. So, like, she was situated in Long Island, but, you know, she was with her kids, and, like, I had been with my aunt, which was the plan, is I'd stay with my aunt till he got out. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to stay in Florida anymore, and, like, I made it a big, like, a big fuss to come back, and I've lived with her. Like, that was the situation I had. I didn't want to live with my mom. Yeah, with Carol. Mm-hmm. So I lived with her in Oceanside, and I, like, got right back into trouble. I was hanging out with, like, you know, hood kids again. I was, like, went back to selling drugs and, like, robbing houses and, like, doing all just crazy stuff. And, like, nobody was really on top of me. Like, I didn't talk to my mom. My grandmother was, like, older, so she wasn't, like, really in tune. And, um, yeah, I mean, I was just out there getting in trouble until I got kicked out of school. and like Got kicked out of school. Yeah, I got expelled from Oceanside High School. I brought, like, a BB gun to school because we were, like, robbing people at the train station, like, after school. Just for kicks? No, nah, it was, like, it was, like... Oh, like, actually I would take the people. bus from Valley Stream, Long Island, and, like, to Oceanside. Like, at a certain point, I got kicked out of Carol's house, went lived with my grandmother in Valley Stream, brought a BB gun to school. They found it because, like, some kid's iPod got stolen, which is a whole other story. Like, in my class, some kid's iPod got stolen. Did you steal the iPod? I didn't. My friend (laughs) stole the iPod. Okay. (laughs) But when the iPod got stolen, the kid went out to, I guess, like, uh, he got a bathroom pass whatever and, like, Mm. stashed the iPod. Kid sees his iPod's missing. This other guy makes a big fuss about it. The security guards come in and start searching everybody's stuff. They search my bag. I have the BB gun on me. They're like, oh, we're going to bring you to, um, like, the guidance counselor to make sure you're cool, this and that. I'm like, all right, I'm cool. Were you cool? I, I thought I was cool, yeah. but I get to the guidance counselor's office, and there's two cops in there, and they're like, you're coming with us. Were the cops cool? Cops were not cool. <laughs> the cops were not cool By the way, all. who would have thought that music would have been the devil and your savior? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the cops were not cool, I guess. I went to the, the um to the precinct, whatever. The craziest part, I felt like a gangster, though, because, like, I went outside. I was in the cop car in the back, and the cops were still in the school, like, I guess, doing whatever. So the Trying lunch... Trying the iPod. Maybe. They yeah. were still looking for the iPod. It was yeah. an investigation. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> Basically, what happened was I'm just sitting out in the cop car for like an hour and like kids were going to lunch and like coming out. I was just in the cop car cuffed, like in the backseat flipping out and like all the kids in school saw me flipping out. And that was like it. Like I killed my reputation in Oceanside. And then like after that, they brought me out to um, the precinct, like did the whole paperwork. My mother had to pick me up because she was like technically the one that was responsible for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So she came and got me. I lived with her for like three months. And that's when the tennis started. That's when I started like playing tennis. <laughs> I need I need help connecting A to B to so, tennis. Um, so wait, so so you you started playing tennis? Why? Well, my mom's like crazy about tennis, <laughs> and she wouldn't let me like be in the house like without watching me and like supervising me. So when she would go to tennis, she would bring me, mm-hmm. and I was always like just big with playing handball, and like I would just play handball at the tennis spot, and like. The guy that was at the tennis place, like, was the coach, whatever. He's like, oh, we should teach him how to play tennis. And mm-hmm. I was just spending so much time at this tennis plot, like, in uh, Long Island, this tennis spot in Long yeah, Island, yeah, yeah. that um, I started playing. I, like, got nice with it, and I was just playing tennis. And mm-hmm. then uh, he starts dating your mom. So then he starts dating my mom. 
This I is wasn't like, with the shits. This is a soap opera. It's yeah. crazy. My my story's crazy. <laughs> but, so um, okay, so you get good at tennis. I got really good at tennis. I started like competing in Long Island, like doing the whole backhand thing. is nice. Like, backhand nice. Like <laughs> service. And is I nice. was like, because in Long Island, like a lot of kids that play tennis obviously have money. Yeah. yeah. So like, I was just getting kicks out of like beating rich kids out of there, <laughs> like out of tennis, like because they would be devastated, like. Kids would be like crying if they lost in tennis. I would just be out there, just like sloppy hood shit, just yeah. like whooping ass in tennis. But yeah, I mean, that was the tennis career. It was only like two years that I played, though. It wasn't like a long time. Well, did you tour with it? Like, did you just Long Island? Like, yeah. I played all over Long Island. Went to like the Hamlet and like all that stuff. And did you play in the school? No, but I wasn't like school. I was playing lacrosse in school. I was in oh West my God, Hempstead. You were so white. Yeah, <laughs> I went to West Hempstead yeah. and I started playing like lacrosse and stuff and like. I didn't really stick with it. Like, I was still hanging out with, like, you know, the wrong people, I guess. And, you know, a lot of them were getting in trouble, and I was just kind of in and out of school. And, like, I was only in West Hempstead for maybe, like, six months before that whole court stuff started yeah. catching up. And, like, I had to go to the, um, to, like, Judge Marks in Westbury and, like, see them every month. And, shout like, out Judge Marks. Shout out Judge Marks. Big up Judge <laughs> yeah. Marks. He, um, he put me away, though, for a while. <laughs> well, what did he, what was the, what was the thing that he said right before he put you away? Well, no, the thing was, they were only going to send me away for, like, a month. Mm -hmm. But, like, at this point, my mom's dating my tennis coach, and, like, I'm not really getting along with them, and, like, it's a whole thing. So, like, I want to leave the house again, but I'm still young, and, like, I can't, I have no place to go. So I went and lived with my grandmother and, like, was staying with her. And that's when my mom was like, oh, no, like, I don't want him living here because I was, like, fighting with her husband. Like, well, the the guy she was dating at that point, they got Mm -hmm. married and, like, divorced and all later, but. Um, yeah, like, I don't know, I went to Valley Stream, I was living with my grandmother, and, like, once I would go to court, they'd be like, well, you can't live with your grandmother, you're supposed to be living with your mom and going to school, and I'm, like, living with my grandmother and not going to school, so they're like, we're gonna put you in a group home for a month and try and figure everything out of, like, where you could live and, like, legally get situated, and... How old are you? I was, like, 15, maybe. And they're gonna put you in a group home? Yeah. So they were the group home was just to hold over like it was supposed to be one month and they would figure out if I was going back to Florida or if my grandmother could get custody or if me and my mom would get along and like you're 15. Yeah, I was young. This is totally outside of your control. Yeah, I had no whatever control, the court like, says you go. I had a little say with like the judge, like one of the judges that was handling like the family stuff, like where I would live and like who had custody. That was like a family court judge. And then the other thing was like the case that I had with the BB gun in school. Judge Marks. Judge Marks. The other judge was like this lady that was kind of cool. I don't remember her name to give her a shout out. (laughs) You always remember the bad judges. It's terrible. You never remember the good ones. Cheryl. Yeah, Cheryl. We'll say Cheryl for argument's sake. Yeah. So um, Cheryl, Cheryl was like... (laughs) into where I wanted to be and I wanted to go back to Florida like it just seemed like the most logical option like my grandmother wasn't getting custody because she has like really bad Alzheimer's and like it just didn't make sense so my aunt and uncle in Florida were fighting to have me come back there and my mother was just blocking it she's just not with it she's like you know doesn't want me to go live with them she hates that whole side of the family so what is what does your mom actually want then at this point I mean she She didn't really care she wanted me to go to the group home Right, but whatever you wanted, she was not with it. Yeah, she was just like, it was more my father. Like, she just hates my dad so much, and he wanted me to go back to Florida, and she was like, oh, no, you're not going there. Like, it definitely made the most sense. Like, they were the most sane, and, like, they had, like, you know, the educated people. So, like, it made sense to go there, but she wasn't with it. And her husband was, like, arguing with her and thought I needed to be taught a lesson, whatever. 
And that's when the group home, it was like three months that I'd go back to court and they'd be like another month in the group home, another month in the group home. And the third time, they're like, we're not figuring anything out and it's been three months. So then they remand me for six months to the group home. So I go out there for like another six and do that. And at this point, I'm in there for nine months, come back out, same situation. My dad's still in jail. My mom's writing letters against him to keep him in jail. Like I'm just arguing with the whole family, like kind of being distant from everybody. So I did another six months in there, and then I aged out. I turned like seventeen, and that was it. Like you, I was, you spent fifteen months in a group home. Yeah, just about. I did March. Two, I got out March two thousand and six. I started like two thousand, like the end of two thousand four. What was the group home like? Um, because I'm picturing the movie Annie. <laughs> yeah, did you I mean, sing? It was very similar. I sang every day. Yeah. Um, it wasn't. I, I sang more like you know. I guess hip hop that I did. <laughs> I did like the, yeah, the Jay Z version, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, nah. The group home was like it was weird, honestly, because it wasn't like a bad place. It was just like you couldn't do what you wanted to do, and like there were one or two kids in there that were just like like most people that were in there were there because they didn't want to go to school, and then mm-hmm. there was like one or two that just had similar situation to me where they were just like getting in trouble and like didn't want to live with their parents and like that whole thing. But um, I was there for so long. Like, I was there longer than anybody that was in there. So it, I would like just Van see Wilder. people come and go. Yeah, I was Van Wilder <laughs> yeah. in the group home. Yeah. Exactly. And there was no Tara Reid. Like, that was the yeah. biggest problem. <laughs> it was just quiet. There was no girls. Like, Was there any type of social life? Could you leave and come as you wished? Well, like, seven months in, they put me in school. And, like, the school you go to is the one that's in the neighborhood out there. It's, like, Center Reach, Long Island. So mm-hmm. just all the way out there. So I went to school for, like, the last couple months that I was there. Like, the last almost year. And that was like the end of 10th grade, beginning of 11th. And um, like that, I was hanging out with girls. Like I had a girlfriend who was like chilling at school, but like we couldn't do she anything. She you were such a badass. Yeah, they loved the badass kids out there. Um, it was wait, crazy. So it was the what, most popular kid in the school. It made no sense. Were you the most popular kid in the group home? Um, I was, but only at a certain point. Because everybody else got taken out? <laughs> Kinda. I was the, <laughs> so I, was at a solo home. At a point, I became like an OG in there, and they had a system that was like a point system that if you did your chores and like you kept your shit clean, like you could get points, and like you get certain privileges as you level up. And mm-hmm. like I was there for so long that I was just like racking up points. I was in there just <laughs> balling. They roll over. They roll over exactly <laughs> month to month. So like I had so many points that I was able to go like for an hour outside the group home. They'd be like, oh, you could go to like fucking Walmart out there or like the library or like whatever. Like you could just leave for an hour. They trust you to leave and come back. Mm-hmm. So like once I started leaving and coming back, I started getting weed. And like once we were in group <laughs> on weed, it was like we we're good. Right. So at that point, I was good because I was the only one that was able to leave and come back. Uh, did, what would, did you have a job during any of this like? time no i mean just the group home gave us like seven bucks a week towards like seven their, bucks a week they had like a little store kind of it was just like a closet full of like commissary yeah, yeah basically but it yeah. wasn't even like a hood like i was in like how much a, were cigarettes there were no cigarettes <laughs> they they originally you could have cigarettes in there and then the state passed a law while i was there that you couldn't smoke cigarettes so like everybody started losing their shit once we couldn't <laughs> smoke cigarettes and that's when it went left but like i had the weed so i was good did Please, you but, but what do you okay so what do you do if you um you can't go to school. What do you do in the group home? Like, if you can't go out, you can't go to school. You can't. 
Well, what, I was in school, like, Monday through Friday, I'd go to school, but, like, outside of that, you would just kind of hang out around the house, and it'd be, like, play basketball, like, they had a hoop outside, mm-hmm. um, just, like, watch a lot of TV, I had, like, um, an iPod that I snuck in, so I was, like, listening to oh, music oh, all the time. Oh, how convenient, yeah, 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 yeah. where'd yeah. that iPod come from? Yeah, <laughs> I, I had the hour that I could go out. <laughs> I thought it came from the other kid's backpack. No, 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 it ended up in some other kid's backpack, I got stolen out there, um, I think Isaiah did it, so shout out to Isaiah, but. Jesus. <laughs> on everybody i'm snitching i'm <laughs> snitching yo isaiah if you're hearing this man i want my fucking ipod back i hope that cheryl's listening so so <laughs> don't tell cheryl about any of this would you go to like uh like the mall would you go to like the movie theater no none of that it would be like the group home kind of would take us on like random trips to the park or like they would walk all of us up to the library like that's actually how i met rosenberg like when i was in the group home i was at a library and i met him on myspace probably. oh i thought peter was at the uh the library. Oh no, no, no. Peter wasn't yeah. at the library. You went to you went to the library and you hit him up on MySpace. Yeah, this is like while I was in the group home. All right, real quick, what was your who was in your top eight? My top eight? I don't <laughs> even remember, man. It was like a couple girls and like I don't know. It, it did you keep did you keep Tom extensive. there or no? No, I don't think so. I don't think Tom was winning. Like wow. I, I thought it was quiet for him, man. <laughs> what about Isaiah? Who was in it? No, I, Isaiah, no. <laughs> yeah. What kind of what kind of rap did you grow up with, by the way? Um, I grew up on like random shit, man. Like I started like I was listening to Bone Crusher. I remember when I was a okay. kid and yep. like just all types of shit. Like before all of this, when I was still in Queens, like or I wasn't living in Queens. I was living in Long Island, but every Saturday I'd work at a hair salon that was in Queens in Astoria. And Astoria used to not be, like, super nice. Mm-hmm. So there was, like, a bootleg CD spot up the block. And I would just hang out there on Saturdays and, like, pick up all the Hot 97 tapes and, like, whatever was out. Like, all the Bone Crusher CDs. You know, Bone Crusher. I listened to, like, 50 and Mob Deep, obviously. Right, yeah, yeah, but I want to hear more about Bone Crusher. So, <laughs> so you, I mentioned Bone Crusher only because I remember being in, like, this car and Bone Crusher was blessed. And I was just so about the Nevis Get record. Yeah, like, right. It was my shit. And the remix was nice, too. Yeah, but, but name another song by Bone Crusher. None. Zero. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember any. So, wait. When you when you worked at that at that salon, um, how early did you touch some clippers? Um, I wasn't touching clippers back then. I was doing, like, just washing hair. Like, it was a women's salon. So, yeah, I would yeah. do, like, washes and blowouts. And, like, I would mix color and, like, clean the dishes. Wow. Like, do all girls' hair shit. And, yeah. Like, I would help my cousin with extensions. Like, hold the extensions. Like, wow. glue them in. And... So, like, that was, I just learned a little bit about, like, that world of, like, working in a beauty salon. And stuff. So, by the time you got to the group home, where were you getting your hair cut? I wasn't. I was just, they would let our hair grow out crazy. they bring us, like, every six months to, like, the place up the block. And they six would just months? Shave it. You, you wear know, a hat so. a lot? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I always wear a hat. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but, all right, so you age out of the group home. I age out of the group home, and I moved to Brooklyn, and, like, the day I'm supposed to get out of the group home, my lawyer calls me, and he's, like, not going to show up in court because he didn't get paid, so I had to, like, call my boy, and my boy had to drop my lawyer off, like, a bag so that he would show up to court, so he finally goes, he drops off this bag. Yo, shout out to your boy, by the way. Yo, big ups to Irv. Yo, Irv, I appreciate you, bro. He dropped off this bag, pays the lawyer, lawyer shows up to court, finally gets me out under the condition that, like, I have a place to live. Where, where, where was that? So my dad at this point had a date that he was coming out. It was, like, three months after when I was getting out. But my court date had come up, and I was old enough. So, like, they were willing to let me go if I had a place to live. So my aunt and uncle in Florida had family in Brooklyn, and that's when I moved to Brooklyn. I was living in an apartment downstairs from, like, um, like my grandma Maddie, I guess. is Like, not my actual grandma, but, right. like... 
my cousin's grandparents and like i lived in their basement for three months and my dad got out and what kind of possessions do you have because you've moved to a million places at that point just a lot like not even a laptop it was a desktop like an apple desktop computer and that was it like you I had didn't, an ipod like the clothes the on your, ipod got stolen a group home the clothes on your back and a computer basically yeah like i had stuff at my grandmother's house like clothes like my grandfather passed away like in the time while i was in a group home so like he his whole room was just kind of like full of my stuff they just threw all of my stuff in there it was just like clothes and sneakers and the, and the mac but like the mac was really the only thing that i ever like held on to and you still have to complete high school right yeah but this is the last year of high school this is like coming out of 11th going into 12th so like all of 12th grade i did like my senior year in brooklyn i got into a brooklyn college academy which is like a high school inside the college and i just knocked out classes there and did you so by the time you graduated uh i assume that that you know they, they do it in um alphabetical order when you cross the stage yeah yeah did you know the person <laughs> ahead of you or behind you um i don't know like not really i didn't know too many people yeah. like i was friends with a few girls in that school i was the only white kid like in the whole school not really? that that's like super relevant but right. like it was me and an exchange student it's like we were the only white kids in the school everybody called me like white mike white mike yeah and like i was the only dude that like i was recognizable obviously i'm yeah. the only white dude sure so like everybody would call me white mike but the only people that like, i was actually friends with that i think maybe knew my whole name yep. were like black mike was <laughs> black mike <laughs> no, no i'm just kidding um um, no, it was like my friend Matt it was a black kid, this kid Matt, and then like these couple of Spanish girls, and like that was it. Wow. And um, so yeah. what what was that year like? Driver's license? I got my driver's license that year when my dad got out. Um, and I was driving his car around. He had like a BMW, like a little convertible that was mm -hmm. like a '95 convertible. It was tight though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was the only one in school that had like a car, so I would just drive you around. You were the only one like, with a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> I was chilling. <laughs> I was the only one with charges too. <laughs> Did you have a job? Um, yeah, I started working at this place called Michael's Restaurant in Brooklyn. Is like, White yeah, Michael's <laughs> Another Michael. Not, not hip-hop Michael's Restaurant. They wish. Um, what, and what were you doing there? I was working in the catering hall. So, like, it was just bringing out, like, dishes for food. It was, like, parties of 100 people, and they'd do, like, Sweet 16s, like, yeah. all that stuff. And we would just, like, bring out the plates and, like, maintain the dining room. Did anyone give that. tips during that, or is that sort time of... Time to time. Okay. They would give, like, a big tip, and, like, we would all split it up. Yeah, it right. wasn't, like, individually. It's, like, mm -hmm. if you went to a wedding or something, if somebody, like, comes and takes your plate and, like, puts, you know, folds the napkins yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, I did that for, like, six months when I was out in Brooklyn. And then I got a job at the pharmacy um, that my cousin's own. And did you go to prom? No, didn't go. I went to proms, but I didn't go to my own prom. You went, went to other prom, other I, high schools. I went to another high school's prom. Um, Are you a good prom date? No, terrible prom date. <laughs> wait, what about now? I'm still a terrible prom date. I, I'm the worst prom date in history. What, well, yeah, wait, what worst, does that mean? Worst means that you didn't show up. Well, that was the second one. I didn't show up to the second one, but that wait. was a bad one. Sorry, Lauren. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lauren. I'm a piece of shit for that one. Wait, wait, why, wait, wait. Um, Okay, first, why was the first one bad? And then I want to talk about the second one. First one was bad because I went with this girl, Kim, that she's cool. Like, I, we get along well, but she liked to go out and, like, party. And I'm just very low. Like, I lay low. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, I went to the prom with her. We went to the school stuff. And then, like, afterwards, I went to this house. It's, like, 3 in the morning now. And, like, they're all drinking and I'm just kind of chilling. Like, I still have to drive back to, like, Brooklyn yeah. and, like, all this other shit. So, I'm just, like, not with it. Yeah. And so, like, I leave. I just leave after prom. You dipped. I just dipped on after prom. <laughs> I was like, no, so prom did, was fun. I'm out. Did Kim have a ride? Yeah, Kim, Kim <laughs> lived where, like, like a couple minutes away from where this party was. I just lived in another borough. But gotcha. like, So you said you're good to walk home, and she said what? And pretty, left. pretty much. That's pretty much what happened. Sorry, sorry, Kim. Okay. <laughs> Second one, 
um, you don't show up. Second one, I don't show up. Um, I was uh, working at the pharmacy, and I was, like, working, like, crazy hours that week. And um, it was, like, one of those days I, I started at 9. It was working, like, 9 to 3, and then I was going to go to prom. Yeah. And I'm on the Belt Parkway in prom outfit and traffic driving out to Long Island, and I just fall asleep at the wheel and hit this, like, Murano in front of me. So I'm just, like, so shot from working, and, like, it's hot as fuck out, and I'm in a suit, and, like... <laughs> So I just crashed the car, and that was kind of just like I can't even deal with prom right now. You crashed the car, yeah, I crashed. on your way to the prom. Did yeah. you did you call her? I called her, and it went terrible. It oh. wasn't. <laughs> it was not a good look. So she wasn't thrilled. She that. wasn't happy. <laughs> but I, you know what? I'm gonna say you put the effort in. So like, <laughs> yeah. I seemed, did. It was half ass effort. She seems like a dud. Like I don't know. I mean, I wasn't excited about the prom. Like. <laughs> It was, you know what it is? Like, I went to day camp when I was, like, much younger, and she's, like, a girl that I knew from day camp. Yeah. And, like, they were, like I was cool at camp. Like, at camp, I was, like, a popular kid, I guess, because yeah. I was the bad kid in, like, right. this rich Jewish camp in Long Island. Yeah. yeah. So, like, all these Jewish girls, like, these rich, like, wealthy girls, they was all on my shit. Right. Mm-hmm. And, like, she was one of these girls that, like, she always wanted to, like, hang out. So, like, out of nowhere, she hits me and is like, let's go to prom. And I'm like, I try and be a nice guy. I'm like, all right, we can go to prom. Yeah. But, like, it didn't really make full sense of why we were going to prom. Well, like, you want to know what? She hit you out of nowhere, and then I you hit us out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. you also told her out of nowhere, hey, I can't come. <laughs> and I still think the Murano caught, like, the better end of the deal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, we both got hit with the Murano. They really won this whole situation. Yeah. So, by the time you graduate high school, do you have any idea where you're going next? um not really like i was working the pharmacy i started i was gonna go to pharmacy school and like i got into brooklyn college like i finessed my way into that and you broke in basically <laughs> I, I dead as did like break in like i would i would be at the admissions office because the high school was in the college so, like i was friends with somebody in admissions and i had like a shit average like i had a 73 average which you don't get into brooklyn with that and like I didn't have any kind of real education. Like, I went to five schools. Yeah. So, like, every school I went to, I would, like, learn to, like, I'd read To Kill a Mockingbird, like, three times in high school. Yeah. Did you and, like, reuse the same papers that you would, uh, like, <laughs> no, turn in? I could have, though. <laughs> like, I learned algebra over and over, but I never learned geometry. I, like, read To Kill a Mockingbird over and over, but, like, I didn't elevate, like. Here, do a book report for To Kill a Mockingbird right now. <laughs> done. <Yeah>. Done. <laughs> Atticus Finch. Yeah. Right now, I got you. <laughs> Like, I've read that book over and over. It's crazy. Like, every school I moved to, the curriculum would, like, just be the same yeah. or, like, so similar that I would never really, like... Well, there's also no schools in Florida. So, like, I don't know that you're... The Florida school is terrible. I, w- I had an agricultural science class in Florida that was on a farm. No, no, you were a weed seller. No, that too, but, like... <laughs> that's, a, that's maybe why there are weed sellers down there. Like, dead as I was on a farm, my final was, like, count the steer. And I was like, what the fuck's a steer? And, like, you had to go out into this farm and, like, count the fucking steer. Oh, my God. And, like, they That's- just used technical terms for animals, and you had to count how many there were. I was like, I didn't know shit about agriculture. Like, it was just, I've never went to a school, like, where the senior prank was bring a cow upstairs in, like, the school. Because cows, I guess, can't go downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. Correct, yeah. yeah. Wait, that, so was the senior, that was prank? the senior prank. They had to bring a cow out with, like, a like the, a harness. They, like, lifted this cow out of the second floor. Yo, the school re- was, like, hilarious when you're in high school. But, like, if you're an administrator, that's so fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yo, it's really fucked up. Yeah. So, Brooklyn College, do you have, sort of, like, an idea of what you want to major in? What direction you want to move in? I, I was going pre-med. I took pre-med classes, and I was going to go to farm pharmacy school I was pre-med, trying to get that, in a pharmacy by the way pre-med and med school is like a lot of years in school yeah well i started i didn't right, make it i right. made it three months but, going but, pre-med and but but you had this <laughs> but you, <laughs> were, you, were, you were so pre-med in yeah those, i was like but months. that's the that was my major i guess was like i was in brooklyn college 
specifically for that to try and get into pharmacy school. But for at mm. least three months, you were like, oh, I'm in this long term. Yeah. For three months, I was like, I was in it for the most part. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I know I didn't want to be there, but like, I was doing that and like cutting hair and working at the pharmacy still. And like, okay, so cutting hair. Now you got your hands on some clippers. Yeah. Okay. I, I learned how to cut hair like through being in the group home and like just all that. Like, And were you nice with it? Um, I was all right. I wasn't <laughs> nice like back then, I guess. Like I didn't really get nice until after like I stopped going to school and like I was full time cutting so, hair. So sorry to everybody who got bad haircuts. <laughs> sorry, so, holy. You had reached out to Peter on MySpace. Yeah. Who else had you reached out to? Everybody at Hot. I went to like the on air page on Hot97.com and like just basically hit everybody I could find on MySpace. And you were, you were reaching out for what? I just, like, wanted to work in music, and, like, I didn't know what to do or, like, where to start, and, like, I was just in a fucked up place in, like, the group home, so, like, I mean, this is a year or so before all this, like, the college and all that, like, this is before I was going into senior year, so it was more or less just, like, I'm in this group home, and I don't know what the fuck to do with myself, and I love music, it's, like, the only shit that's getting me by, and, like, you know, if I could get some direction, more or less, and, like, TTYL. <laughs> TTYL exactly yeah. basically yeah. like yeah I didn't it was like one of those moments where you're just like you don't like you know you're like fuck it and you just send a letter and you just like send and did that's anybody it. respond nobody except Rosenberg he's and the only one so that wrote he, back he wrote back even back then yeah he wrote back um pretty quickly actually and like in the well, he didn't have a lot of friends <laughs> 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 who were some of the people uh, who you wrote to who didn't respond who are uh, still at Hot 97 yeah, who can we air Still out right hot. now? I mean, we could. I mean, everybody that w- that I wrote to, I guess, is gone now. But it was like huh. Angie. How how interesting? Yeah, interesting, right? Yeah. Interesting. Shout out to Rosemary. See Rosemary? See that? Um, but nah. I mean, so Peter gets back to you. Peter's the only one that wrote back, man. And what does like, he say? He was just like, you know, keep your head up and like, you know, you got to go to school for broadcasting and like, just trying to point me in the right direction. Like, you know, give me good advice without kind of taking on any kind of like you know role of like being a mentor or anything like it wasn't we had never met like anything and i'm just a random kid that's hitting him up so like you know it was it was just like you know you should focus on broadcasting if you want to be in radio you got to go to school and just like try and figure it out you know and like i took it to heart i guess like i didn't go too crazy because i didn't really have any direction but it was more or less just like you know i was down and out and i love music and i was like let me just hit everybody and see like what kind of like it was the earliest form of trolling i guess yeah. well <laughs> specifically you loved uh bone crusher bone crusher i did yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad i didn't say that in the email because i feel like peter wouldn't have wrote back yeah, absolutely oh. <laughs> and so what's the next step with peter like how do you get from the, the MySpace message to actually hanging out and working with him. Or like standing him up at prom. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't stand him up at prom. I would never, ever stand Rosenberg up anywhere. Um, just for the record, people yeah. need to know that I yeah. never would stand Rosenberg up. But um, I mean, it was just I was living in Brooklyn. And I dropped out of college. Like I stopped going to that Brooklyn college thing. And I kept trying to go back to school like every couple months. I'd sign up for like I went to Kingsboro. I went to um, one in Long Island called Five Towns. Mm-hmm. And I just like keep signing up for school and dropping out while working these jobs. And like I worked at the barbershop in a pharmacy and then i got a job at a pizzeria that was across the street and like then i started working at sleepies just like all random jobs and um i was working at this pizzeria and 
uh, what's it called? Oh, no, sorry. I was working at a photography company also where the guy at the pharmacy, like, used to work for. He put me on, and you basically go to weddings and bar mitzvahs and all these parties everywhere. And, like, you drive with these cases of picture frames, and, like, you frame pictures in the party. While you're there. While you're there. So, like, if you're at a bar mitzvah, you take a picture, you pick a frame, and then we frame it and just put the sticker on it and hand it out. So I'm on my way home from one of those one night, and I heard Lil Nat doing a contest where you, like, text in to win tickets to Rock the Bells. This is on Hot 97. On Hot 97. Mm -hmm. And, like, growing up in Queens, I was always a huge fan of Nas, and, like, I just wanted to go to Rock the Bells to see Nas. Like, I fiend to go to Rock the Bells every year. And I won tickets, and that's, like, kind of how me and him connected again is, like, when I won the tickets, I went to Rock the Bells. I would sneak backstage at, like, concerts and stuff, and, like, I saw him, and I was like, yo, you remember me? Like, he remembered me. But it was like the same thing. It's like you should go to school, like you know, see, like go for broadcasting. The same, you yeah. know, um, spiel. Yeah. And that's what like pushed me to go back to school. Those couple of times is like I need to go to school. And like Five Towns College is like specifically for music. And like I was just trying to find direction, I guess. But you know, in the meantime, I'm working at the pizzeria and doing that stuff. So. Like, the second year, I won tickets again to Rock the Bells. I sneak backstage. I Wait, see you won Rosenberg. tickets twice? Yeah, three times. <laughs> I won tickets three times to Rock the Bells, right, yo. This feels so rigged. What is I know, it's crazy, right? <laughs> what is the secret to calling up and winning tickets? I don't know. I really don't know. Like, I like working on the inside now, yeah. like, I don't know how the hell I won tickets three years in a row. Like, it made no sense. Do you think that nobody else was calling? I don't know, man. I really, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, I mean, it, it happens at hot time to time where, like, I'll pick up the phone and it's somebody that's won before. But, like, I was just trying for that. Like, I would never try and win tickets anything else but Rock the Bells. Right. Like, for mm -hmm. some reason, I'd always get lucky around Rock the Bells time. So, and you snuck backstage every time. Yeah. Well, like, the second year, I made friends with, like, people that were at Guerrilla Union. Like, uh -huh. just from sneaking backstage, I made friends with, like, random security that I'd see year after year and, like, all that. So, You're like, it's me, White Mike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and shout out to Lil Fame. When I was in Brooklyn, I would cut Lil Fame's hair and, like, Wait, randomly. Were you good at that point? I was decent. <laughs> yeah. But he gets, like, a low Caesar. He's good. Yeah. Like... But shout out to fame like the the second or third year he got me backstage like i would always finesse my way backstage yeah mm -hmm. but um yeah the third year like i won tickets again and i snuck backstage and like this has been two years now of him telling me go to school and like <laughs> i kept dropping out of school and i'm working these jobs and i'm with my girlfriend like my ex-girlfriend backstage um the third year and we're just fighting like arguing with each other because her friends came and they bailed because they didn't want to be there and like I just I had hooked everybody up with tickets because I went to Hot to pick them up that third year, and somebody from Metro PCS was in the elevator, and, like blessed me with four more tickets. Wow! So like the third year, I brought everybody out to rock the bells, and like only me and my girl stayed because everybody else it was like nasty. It was like raining on Wait, Governor's so Island. Why were you fighting though? So or like, was that part of the bit to get backstage? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, okay. We were backstage already. Like basically, her friends that I like, because I had six tickets, so I gave her some for her girls to come, and yeah. like her friends bailed on her, mm -hmm. and it was just me and her, and she was so mad at me that I was adamant about staying, and she wasn't gonna leave me by myself, but like everybody else had left because it was just nasty and it's like Governor's Island, and like I get why they didn't want to stay. Like it's it, you know it's more old school hip hop, and right. like sh they weren't into that shit. They were listening to, like Lil Wayne and all, and I'm right. like right. I want to go see like fucking Black Star and yeah. like yeah. So, like, you know, she wasn't with the shits. And, like, I get it. So, you know, long story short, she You guys broke up. Well, yeah, we did break up after that. But that was, like, 
there's a funny story about I was breaking up, but that's a whole nother thing. Like that's years later with Rosenberg and South by. Wait, what? Yeah, we'll get there. We'll right, get there. Right, yeah. But um, yeah, like I go backstage, rock the bells with her, and we're sitting on this couch fighting, and I see Rosenberg, and I'm like, hang on, like stop the fight. I'm like, I gotta go talk to this guy. She's like, you don't even fucking know that guy, blah blah blah, and like bugging out, and I go over to him, and I'm like, yo, I don't know if you remember me, and he like remembered me, and I was like, I turn around, I look at her, I was like, yeah, bitch, man. <laughs> like, but um, yeah, I was just like, yo, like I really want to work. Like I've tried going to school, it's not working out. Like I'm working all these jobs. Like I'll sweep floors. Like I don't care. I'll do whatever. Like I just want to work. Like I just want to be in the mix. I don't even know what the fuck I want to do. But like if I could help, however, like I'm down. And he gave me his email, and I followed up with him. And then um, like maybe two weeks later, he hits me, and is like, I'm at this pizzeria in the parking lot. I'm like loading cheese into the car. This and is he, you. Yeah, yeah. And I have like all the cheese in my hand. And like he calls me. Whatever. By the way, it's way funnier if you imagine Peter Rosenberg writing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm at this pizzeria. I've yeah. got all this cheese. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah, mad yeah. cheese in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> so like my phone buzzes, whatever, and it's him. And he hits me and is basically like, you know, he has um an event. He's hosting like this after party for the Jay-Z Eminem Yankee Stadium concert yep. at Santos. Mm-hmm. So he's like, if you can, Santos. I can use a ride at yeah. Santos Party House. Crazy. I know, a long time ago. This is 2011, so, right? This is, I think, earlier than that. I was like, oh. I was 20 maybe, because mm-hmm. I wasn't even old enough to like get into places. Like, get, like, he was getting me into places for like the first year we were working together. But um, yeah, like I ended up kind of going to Santos with him that one night. Um, he hit me and is like, I need a lift. And he's like, you come through, bring chicks. And I'm at my boy's house, like, in Brooklyn, whatever, and um, this is, like, the day later, like, my boy worked at pizzeria with me, like, I obviously took off to drive Rosenberg that day, and we're just hanging out, and I didn't have any girls to come with me, I had, like, a shitty car, like, my car was shit, because I had, like, totaled the other car on the way to prom and all, (laughs) and, um, yeah, I'm just, like, out here, like, like, whatever, I was ready to pick him up in this shit car, and my boy is, like, can you drop this letter off to my sister's house, like, on your way to the city? And, like, low-key, I always had, like, crazy crush on his sister. But that's a whole other story. That's, like, there's there's levels. I don't even know if I want to tell that story ever. I was telling Live Like Davis yesterday. He doesn't want to hear it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, basically, I go to drop off this letter, and she comes downstairs with a friend. And they're, like, two girls at my age. And her friend has this car double parked in front that I guess she, like, was getting for her boyfriend or, like, something with her boyfriend in this brand-new car. And I was like, you girls want to come to a party? You know, like, yeah, you mind if we drive? And I was like, fuck yeah, you could drive. And I like parked <laughs> the hoopty, hopped in the backseat of their car, and they drove. We pull up to Rosenberg's house, like when he was on 86. And um, he comes outside and gets in the backseat. And he's like, you got girls driving you around? <laughs> and I'm like, yo, be like that sometimes, man. Like, I just, I'm just trying to fucking get you to this party. He's like, yo, I fuck with that. And I was like, all right. And we go down to Santos. We, like, hang out all night. And, like, after that, he just started hitting me all the time to drive him around and, like, give him lifts. Was it disappointing the next time you showed up and there were no girls in the car and you were behind the wheel? Yeah, and it was, was a no, shitty but I, car. I had got the car. Like, I had got a new car and, like, everything was situated at that point. It was, like, another couple weeks later. Wait, what was the first car? It was, like, a Mitsubishi Mirage. And it was, like, a red one. But it was, like, it said, fuck you on the back. It was, like... <laughs> I was fighting with my mom and the tennis coach, and it was her car, and I just kind of wrote "fuck you" on the back. So like, it was it was a mess. It was not the car to pick up Chosenberg in. So okay, you're the so you're you're very willing to do anything just to be in the music business. Yeah, I just wanted to be around like and did shit Peter know that? that? Pizza. Did, <laughs> um, did did Peter know that? I told him, but and, like and I kept my mouth shut, man. I just kept my mouth shut and was like, "Whatever you need, I'm here." And what are some of the things that like? 
younger Peter Rosenberg needed? Um, I mean, haircuts for sure. I was definitely doing like haircuts here and there and just a lot of driving him around. We'd go to events, like I'd grab a drink, like, you know, um, it was just, like, you were his right hand. Yeah. I was just trying to be in tune with like anything he might need. Like, you know, I, like at a certain point I got used to knowing like, you know, what he, what he would need or like what he would want. Or like, if I saw somebody, I'd be like, Oh, that's so-and-so like you should say what's up or was it- any, were any like, um, like rappers or anybody like did they take notice of you besides us because obviously <laughs> no, like no like we struck up a friendship with you very early yeah on. real early like i met yeah. you guys like were some of the first people i met like but i was always quiet like you guys know me i didn't <laughs> i don't really deal with a lot of people man i just lay low and like yeah. just kind of peeping game and like trying to learn shit like he had me well, like, what'd you learn from us you know <laughs> from you guys yeah not to fucking go anywhere near david amaya yeah. he's a troublemaker and he's not to be trusted <laughs> Um, <laughs> what was the first time you went into Hot 97? Um, I remember just going with him like around Christmas time one year, and like I was just sat like at the like at the mix board, or whatever. It was just like looking around, but it was never really like accessible. Like I didn't have a key card or anything like that, so I didn't really start hanging out there until I got hired as like street team. But like before that, it was really just driving him around and like. You know, I'd help out with the Peter Paloozas. He would send me, like, you know, music to edit, and I'd take the curses out of the songs. Like, he taught me GarageBand and all that. And I just started learning, like, basic production for real late. And, like, you know, he'd have people send me emails or, like, you know, go through Not Right and, like, all the blogs and find new music and just, like, little stuff, you know? Like, any way I could kind of make his life easier, that's what I was kind of there for. And at any point, was there a salary behind this? Not really. So okay, no, and, and that's fair. But yeah. you were willing to do whatever. Plus, you have other jobs at the same time. Yeah, I was working. Like at that point, I'd start working at Sleepy's. Like my dad got me a job there, so I was doing that a couple of days a week. And I was still like randomly cutting hair. And like the pharmacy, there was like this older dude that I would help like once a week. He would give me like money to go food shopping for him and stuff like that. So I was doing that. And like I would just scrap up money, however, just yeah, like trying to finesse. You're working a million jobs plus you know basically volunteering for a guy who may be able to help you in some form or fashion but in your mind at that point you you can see like the light at the end of the tunnel right i mean i don't know it was just like i was having fun like i didn't really have any situation that was like stable before that and i met rosenberg and like you know him and alexa and nick they remind me so much like my family from florida that's just like you know they're they're educated like they're not getting in trouble they're jewish (laughs) yeah but like it wasn't even the jewish part like it was more just like the vibe was always like so genuine and it wasn't like there was no bullshit like for the first time it was like i wasn't around people that were arguing or like fighting like I come from a family like my aunt and my like my mom and her brother don't talk and like my aunt and my uncle are fighting and then like my mom was taking shit from her parents like money from her parents it's just like non-stop just trying to have the upper hand so like hanging out with Rosenberg and Alexa and all it was like you know everybody's so cool and like we're going to cool events and like you know everybody has their bullshit but their bullshit wasn't like worried about cops coming and like right. so it was like just nice to have like friends that were I guess normal in the sense of the word. You Did know? you ever call the cops on them just to spice things up? No, 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 <laughs> nah, not at all. I would never. Don't, don't let them get in your head, Rosenberg. It's not happening. At what point do you join the street team? Um, so Peter got me on the street team uh, through DB and Janky and like Pat and all. Like I was just kind of at the station enough, and they needed people to kind of help out with events here and there. And you know, he connected the dot for me. And at first they were like nervous about hiring me because usually people come in through like internships. You have to be in school and Mm -hmm. I wasn't in school or anything. 
And I was like 14. But you had been to all the schools. And also, I've been to so many schools. Yeah. He was told you to go back to school. <laughs> he did. I, he did. And honestly, like, I, I know a lot of people, like, say, like, they regret not going back to school and all. Like, I don't know what, you know, what it would have did. Like, at this point, I don't know if even now, like, if school would have made sense or not. But, I mean, I, I think in the moment it didn't make any sense. Like, I was paying bills and, like, I'm paying for a car and an apartment. Like, I moved out and I was, like, living by myself and... So, like, just getting money was, like, the only thing that was important. It was, like, making money and helping Peter. What was the um, what was the best event that you did in the street team? Because my um, favorite one is the one where you guys had to do the, the – everybody has to hold the car. The car. That's the yeah. one. Okay. That's that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun event. It were in Long Island. It's, like, keep your hand on the car. And we were just doing shifts of watching, like, 30 people trying to win a car. And you know what's bullshit? I'm going to say what's bullshit now that I'm not on the street team. Mm-hmm. The fact that they didn't even get to keep the car. They got to, like, Wait, get a so lease. Was, it's, like, a two-year lease. Oh. oh, that's fucked up. You keep your hand on the car, and you get, like, a two-year <laughs> lease of a $100 a month car. I'm like – But if you, if you keep your hand on the car for – forever and then it's then never you, they can't take it yeah <laughs> i don't think it works like that <laughs> what was it like driving one of those wrapped cars oh like, the, the vans with the, yeah with like flex on the side it or Angie cool. or whatever. it was like when we had the escalator the hummer like it would be cool because people would like run up on the car like but they, you were, in they the were in there they thought they were in there they was like yeah. where's angie i'm like i have her tied up in the back seat of the car like <laughs> i'm just kidding i would never tie it <laughs> It's like they would just like this is the things I guess people think they they're like Angie's in the back of the truck yeah. with her face on it with Summer Jam tickets for the next twenty years and like they run up on this truck like give me tickets and Angie right now it's like Sons of Anarchy ish and I was like nah I'm not with it but nah I mean that was pretty much it it'd be like people running up to give you mixtapes or like I don't know it's like driving the vans driving the van like, I'm just who- curious does that ever work like handing you mixtapes like. Who has gotten on? I'd assume for somebody along the way, maybe it's worked, but like, I don't know. I think the problem with the getting handed mixtapes is more that people don't realize that the people you're handing mixtapes to, like... Aren't in a position of power? Nobody's in a position of power. Like, who's in a position of power to play what they want on radio? When do you turn on the radio and hear what you want to hear, like... Give it to Angie in the back. (laughs) Give it to Angie. But even Angie, like, if if you listen, like, if you're a fan of radio and you listen to, like, Angie's show, they're playing, like, pretty commercial music. Like no, she's always playing the new thing that she just got handed <laughs> from some guy. Yeah, exactly, like, yeah, like this guy. He literally just like wiped my windshield down. He handed me the mixtape, and now it's the hottest yeah, in the city. And city-. now let's all listen to it together yeah, for the first time. Exactly, yeah. like I mean, obviously there's like select shows, but I think people aren't smart, like in the sense of like just approaching people that have these like like I do a show on Dash Radio where I could play whatever I want, like. Hmm. People don't come up to me and are like, oh, I love your dad's show. I want you to listen to this. It's always like for the radio, for the radio. And I'm like, do you guys listen to the radio? Like, right. right. Because well, how much do I have to pay you to? to <laughs> I don't take any money from anybody. Yeah. And, and I don't take any money not because I'm scared of taking money or because I don't need it. Yeah. I don't take money because I don't want to owe anybody anything. By the way, Mike keeps winking. <laughs> I'm like, shh. <laughs> so um, how do you go from being on the street team and helping Peter out to actually uh, getting a check uh, to be a part of the, the on-air staff? Well, you remember when you guys gave me that check to start playing the record? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was, I gave that right to Peter. No, I'm just kidding. Um, nah, I mean, I was just kind of hanging out. Like, shout out to Shawnee Culture. Like, I would hang out with him every Sunday night during Real Late. And, like, at a certain point, he was showing me the boards and, like, would let me hold down the boards. And, like, 
I did maybe just a year of hanging out with him and running boards like on Sunday nights, just learning shit. And like that's always been my like approach to everything is just like to learn how I could, you know, contribute to hot and not so much like a focus on anything besides like how can I contribute to hot? How can I contribute to Rosenberg's business? Like it was never so much of like I want a DJ or I want a host or like I still like I have no idea what the hell I want to do. Like, well, yeah. so, OK, so the, the biggest things that people should learn uh, to this point are be around yeah and and shut your mouth and and learn right yeah just like learn and just be genuine with people like you know i think i think people take it for granted like people's position and they don't look at people for like who they are like like i've been offered jobs by other djs but it's just always made so much sense sticking with peter and just learning you know how he does what he does and like i think it's different for everybody you know if you want to be a dj instead of just being like oh i'm a dj like spend time learning about music and like you know being around people that like do the business because like like i tell like i manage the artist now live lake davis and i tell him all the time like you know the music is going to be what's going to be like you're either good at making music or you suck but like all the other stuff is what kind of goes around it of like who you are if people you have the best music ever and people not like you and like you're kind of asked out as far as being in the business of it then right so like you know i wasn't necessarily worried about anything except for like how can i learn how can i help people and like how can i get the respect that like you know like i saw people that had respect for rosenberg and i wanted to be looked at in the same light and be like a good reflection on what he was doing and you know so that was really it it was just like i didn't want anybody to be able to go to rosenberg and be like your guy is like not cool uh at what point do you get the moniker hip-hop mike um i signed up for twitter <laughs> i signed up for twitter they were calling me like doughboy sife was like making fun of me calling me doughboy because of the pizza dough because i'd like toss oh, pizza dough like you professionally like, extra large white tees. Yeah, right white tees and like every, every time somebody pokes me in the belly i go like <laughs> um i mean i don't know it was better like i when i first started sife would call me fuckface and then it was doughboy and then i signed up for twitter and they just gave me the generator is like what do you like and your hobbies and i was just like hip-hop and just spit out like uh, Mike hip hop and I was like hip hop Mike sounds better and that was it wow <laughs> and then everybody started calling me hip hop Mike or HHM or yeah and okay Who calls you HHM uh, this guy called wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like it doesn't seem that much shorter the to young call kids <laughs> the, the young kids call me HHM I mean fuckface could have been like FF so. yeah exactly <laughs> yo fuckface the in, the, in the fuck you uh, Mitsubishi <laughs> whatever you know what's crazy is I've picked or up Mirage, all that lingo excuse me yeah I call everybody fuckface now like <laughs> everybody I guess that would be in my shoes like what I was in then yeah like oh Sean... so you understand what Sife was doing exactly <laughs> yeah. I get it like I get it like I call Sean G fuckface all the time like or just Jarrell, man, but like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I do want to talk love. about. I want to talk about all your friends. Um, <laughs> I, if you can just give like a, a quick summary of who these people are. Ready? Um, based Vinny. Fancy pants. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a one-word summary or two-word summary? No. What part do they play in your life? Um, Base Vinny is like a good friend of mine from Brooklyn. Um, he was helping me out like on some assistant stuff, I guess, for a while. But he gets distracted very easily. He's very <laughs> well, easily distracted. Yes, because of. Popping perkies just to start. Like, <laughs> yeah. So like, there's that, and the girls. Like, he has a girlfriend. Like, he always is with some girl or whatever. Like, so I don't see him all the time, but he's always like been a good friend. He's like my turn up buddy. He's, he, like, he's the guy also, you turn call to turn up. He's great on your Snapchat. <laughs> he is when he's on it. He's when definitely Shanji. Shanji is like the young up and coming maybe hip hop Mike. I don't know if he deserves the title of hip hop Mike. <laughs> so he's just a fuck face. He's a right fuck now. face. He's just fuck face. Like <laughs> straight up fuck face. Um, nah, Sean's like, he's a young kid that I've made friends with in like Brooklyn and 
you know, he DJs and like over the years has been helpful with like helping out, like with planning events and just kind of keeping things organized. But I try to tell Sean exactly that of like, don't worry so much about all the other shit. Just worry about how you could help and like, because you know, a lot of these kids I think that are coming up, man, these kids, they, they want to DJ, but they don't want to pick up vinyl and like really learn the ins and outs. They just want to be lit. And like Sean is one of the kids that kind of comes from like that culture, but like understands like the kind of OG mentality of like, I do need to work and like put my time in. So like he's been getting better with that. And like, he's a friend I've had for like the past year that's helped a lot. Also stupendously nice. David Amaya. David Amaya, the goat. I mean, <laughs> Hollywood Amaya. Um, me and him met at like Commons listening party like years ago and through my friend Wendy that worked with Funk and um, like, yeah, he's just always been cool. Me and Amaya have been friends from Long Island and like, it's my guy. And Amy. Aunt Amy. <laughs> aunt Amy is my friend's aunt that, like, it's just, like, might as well be my aunt. She's, like, family. Um, it's a homie from Brooklyn. She's crazy, but Aunt Amy. <laughs> uh, Jameer. Jameer. I mean, Jameer is, like, the gold, too. Like, Jameer is my guy from Hot. I mean, you guys know Jameer. Everybody knows Jameer. Yeah, yeah. everybody knows Jameer because he got kicked off stage by, uh, <laughs> by Travis Scott. Uh, Jameer is, like, one of the hardest working, like, best, nicest kids, like, plain and simple, like, there's a bunch of people at hot but like jameer works his ass off and is like very much about doing interviews and like in tune with you know what goes on out here so i fuck with jameer what's your relationship with your mom and dad and sister and extended family today um i don't really talk to my mom too much we're like back and forth we kind of argue with each other um once my grandmother like passed away we had like this whole falling out and like i don't really mess with them um well with her um or like my aunt and like everybody kind of on her side i've been distant from but my dad's cool like i get along with him really well i talk to my sister time to time and like me and my mom catch up randomly she's just like doing her own thing and i do my own thing are they aware that uh you're a successful radio personality i'm a successful radio personality you are <laughs> <laughs> okay. you say it oh, out loud oh, okay. yeah this is news to me are, yeah. are they are they aware um yeah they're I guess somewhat aware my dad gets hype like rosenberg's been shouting him out during like his mattress firm commercials nice so like my dad loves that so i think he's like more proud of rosenberg than me but <laughs> i mean he, he does sees, your dad like his mattress Oh uh, yeah, he likes the mattress, I guess. Do you want to do a live read right now? <laughs> I- I'll do a live read right now. You gotta go down to Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn and go see Marty and get that mattress. You know, firm, plush, or you know, ultra like pillow top, whatever yeah, you yeah. need. He's your guy. What does Thanksgiving mean to you? Thanksgiving, I don't even know anymore, man. Like Thanksgiving used to be a really big deal. Like we'd go down to Florida every year, like as a family, and like go see my grandparents on my dad's side, and like. Every year it was like religious. We go down to Thanksgiving and have the whole deal. And like once he went away, Thanksgiving kind of just started being like I'd hang out and like smoke L's and like I would just wake and bake and like there was a well, year or two. That's just how the Native Americans did it. Exactly <laughs> yeah. how the Native Americans. I I try and get as much into the Native American mindset on yeah. Thanksgiving yeah, as yeah. I can. <laughs> but um, it's I always mean, it's really the Native American spirit. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I would smoke American spirits. <laughs> But um, no, I look forward to Rosenberg's like Thanksgiving songs, I guess, and like yeah. stuff like that. Like it's always cool. I mean, Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving, man. Well, I you 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 have a different type of Thanksgiving, I guess. Yeah. Now, yeah, now it's like not so much a family get together as much as it is like smoke weed, need some Chinese, and like. But randomly, I'll go to people's houses. Like I may go to my cousins one year. It's it's not consistent anymore. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving right. is a hit or miss. Like lately, all holidays are a hit or miss lately. So, I mean, I've been working at Hot too most of the holidays, like for the past few years. Like, I always make it a point to be there on the holiday and like get the overtime and all yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, but you also get to do the um, the the mix show weekends and stuff. 
yeah time to time i would just hold down boards like on the weekends like lately i've been doing coverage like on air for megan when she's out or like if ness is out or drewski or whoever they need fill-ins for but the holidays have mostly been just like board hopping for the mix show djs and i look i it sounds cheesy but i i think there is something to be said about your work family being like family for you yeah I and mean, rosenberg and like alexa and nick and everybody they're like you know even his cousins like boston jerry all of them like yeah shout, shout, out, to shout out to boston yeah. jerry big up boston jerry yeah, that's my yeah. guy when did you start doing overnights at hot 97 um over a year ago i started like right before south by 2016 which is when you broke up with your girlfriend uh no 2015 okay so we have to talk about this <laughs> all right okay <laughs> rewind uh second south by rosenberg was doing a noisemakers which is like the interview series he did with um nas yeah and um well, that particular one was with Nas. And at this point, I still hadn't met Nas. Like, I was fiending to meet Nas. I was like, that's why I was going to rock the bells all those years. And yeah. Like, and whatever. He's just like, he's going to do this thing with Nas. I'm getting ready to fly down to Texas. My ex is just arguing with me nonstop. Like, cause she just, once I started working with Peter, she wasn't with the shits. Like, we'd be out at strip clubs, like, hosting shit. And she just didn't get it. Like, and it just got messy and like she would start hanging out with her girls and like going out and doing degenerate shit in Brooklyn and like so we were already kind of arguing so going into this noisemakers I was like I knew I was gonna meet Nas I was like super hyped to be at South By again like it was the second year at South By and I was just like you know what fuck you I'm out and like we broke up and it sucked like I didn't want to break up with her but at this point we're fighting for so long we've been together like two years that I was just like I couldn't even deal with it so we break up we go down to texas and nas starts talking about during the interview like uh rock the bells and then breaking up with khalees and like all this shit and it's just like all hitting home because i'm like oh i just broke up my girl like i'm only here because i rock the bells and like it's just like all hitting home and then rosenberg like introduces us during the interview because i'm wearing like a queen's hat and nas like oh shit queen's hats what's up and like rosenberg's like oh hip-hop mike loves you and, like we end up taking a picture and like ch talking for a couple minutes it was like mad cool but, yeah, that's, like, me and her broke up after that. Like, once I heard his whole story about, you know, his relationship and, like, the Rock the Bell stuff, it was just, like, a sign to just, like, stay the fuck away from this girl. <laughs> he was speaking directly to you. It felt like it. Yeah. It felt like the gods, like, you know when the vibe is well, just, God like. God's son. Yeah, yo, yeah, yeah. God's son was speaking to me. That's a yeah. fact. It's crazy. Like, I don't know. Random things be happening, man. Like, <laughs> things just happen. I feel like if you do the right thing by people and you're, like, genuine, like, things, you get blessings. Oh, and, for like, sure. That was definitely a blessing to get away from that girl and to get Nas's advice on it. So, so, uh, but, but, but a year, a year, of, a year of doing overnights in Hot 97. Uh, what is the best part of it, and what has uh, not worked in your favor? Um, uh, I wouldn't say anything has like not worked in my favor outside of like trying to learn how to be healthy and like get like a normal oh yeah we've talked diet about this. going it's not like there's like a private chef working at hot 97 i mean no it's not even that it's just like you have nowhere to eat in the middle of the night like i'm waking up at like 11 p.m and driving to the city and then like eating like halal carton shit every night because there's no food around like that late or like a the, vending machine do you get the white sauce yeah, the so you get the barbecue you get the hot sauce white sauce okay. i do white sauce no hot sauce barbecue but i like i'm big on mixing up the whole plate some, <laughs> some people just put it on top yeah, i like I on top you got to mix the whole thing it makes yeah. the salad and everything it's, right it's like a big like i don't know what's the thing what's the word i'm looking for it's like a cornucopia there, there you go i mean well i'll take it that I'm a, works i'm a lounge hey, cornucopia for 500 yeah. <laughs> but and and the best part of working overnights um lady b <laughs> yeah. 
Um, no, nah, I mean, it's just cool, like, being able to kind of do talk breaks and, like, learn about radio and, like, all that. I kind of take it with a grain of salt, like, as, as much of a look as I know it is and I, like, appreciate being in the position. I'm just kind of, like, it's the job that I have at Hot and, like, I treat it as such. Like, obviously, you know, there's people that have gigs like that where it comes with such a look and, like, it makes you kind of focus on other stuff, but, like... I really don't know what else I want to do. Like, I've never been big on DJing. Like, I have too much really respect for, like, DJs and people that are about it to even call myself a DJ. So, like, I don't know. It's I just kind of try and do solid talk breaks and keep people listening for the morning show and, like, really push the contest that Ebro and Rosenberg and Laura do and, like, just learn as much as I can about running radio and, like, doing commercials and you know and outside of that like i help out everybody else that's around like if they said mixes or like putting stuff in the system so it's just cool being like on air and being able to like talk the shit too like to be honest like there are kids i went to high school with or like well, people, which one i mean all of them like <laughs> in, in all the high schools like when you're always the new guy you kind of like lay low you know so like there were people that i was cool with there were people i wasn't cool with but like I was always nice to everybody, and I think ultimately just seeing so many people, and like, like I put in more footwork than anybody. Like, I don't care what anybody says, and, like, I'm not the dude to be like, oh, I'll outwork you, blah, blah, but, like, yeah. I put so many miles on my car, and I touch, like, every borough, and I know people from all these schools and just all these different jobs that, like, I think just people seeing the whole vision kind of come to a point where I'm on the radio is awesome, and, like, that's been rewarding as fuck, so. Yeah, no kidding. Um... I don't know how, like, though. Like, I always say radio chose me. Like, I have no idea how the fuck I ended up in radio. Like, outside of that, like, the story, I guess. I yeah. know how technically yeah, I yeah, got yeah, there, yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. I always just wanted to work around music. I wasn't, like, uh, like I'm not born to be in radio like how Rosenberg is born. Like, <laughs> Rosenberg is about it. Like, mm -hmm. grew up doing shows, grew up putting together mixes, like, learned vinyl, learns 45s. Like, I'm passionate about music, but, like, being passionate about radio is, like, a whole nother thing. And, like, I have so much respect for people that are just about it. Like, Yeah. So, I mean, it's been awesome, though. I'm, I'm having fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're not kicking you off the radio right now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just being 100. Like, I mean, I don't know what to make of it, honestly. I'm just so shocked that, like, I'm even around any of this shit. Listen, you know, you've gone from breaking into houses to breaking into the, the music crazy. business. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty wild. Congratulations, Mike. It's Thanks, it's really an unbelievable run, and I know it's not over yet. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, we're hustling, man. Trying to do the best I can with it. Well, most definitely. Thanks for coming up here. Yo, thank you guys. Of course. Can we get another round of like... Don't overdo it. No, all right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the listeners. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real Jeff. If people want to find out more about us, if people want to find out more about this podcast, if people want to go get their tickets for the live Rockefeller celebration with right now six or seven or even more guests on July 26th at Highline Ballroom, where can they go? You can always go to itsthereal.com, get your tickets today for the July 26th live podcast at Highline Ballroom. You can also go to soundcloud.com slash a waste of time. Also on iTunes, search for a waste of time with It's The Real. We are on Instagram at It's The Real. Facebook at It's The Real. Instagram at It's The Real. Uh, Snapchat, we are It's It's The Real and It's The Real Eric because It's The Real was taken. You can also find us on, did I mention Facebook? It's I, The Real. I, I think you did. I think I mentioned Instagram twice. Okay. Either way, you know, we do, we do this off the dome. What, do, what if people want to listen to our music? You can go to Spotify. You can go to any streaming service. Like Tidal? You can go... People... 
we ran into someone on the street the other day who was like, but are you on Tidal? And we it's were like, like yes, yes, we're on Tidal. We are on Pandora. Uh, Google, Google Play. Play for the guy in the comments. Go download it from iTunes. Oh, we're also on uh, uh, SoundCloud.com slash It's The Real. Yeah, anywhere. Honestly, we shouldn't have to shout out every single... Go to YouTube. This is like shouting out like people's like states. <laughs> just being like, you know, shout out to this, like, to Arkansas, just because we have a listener there. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Stream it wherever the fuck you want. <laughs> it's there. Just spread the word. I don't Do care us- where you spend your $5.99 per month. <laughs> Do us a our, favor. Our, uh, Spread music the word. is there, and um, go listen to it. Uh, guys, speaking of spreading the word, tell the people about this podcast, and we know it starts with us. Jeff, do you have somebody that you want to shout? Yes, I want to shout out our friend Nadeska Alexis, wow. who's been having, I'm sure, a very tough few weeks, and so I just want to offer our support. No, she's doing all right, I think. I'm, I think she's doing okay. I think that the people around her are crazy. Yeah, you know, I, she holds it down. She's there to direct traffic, and she's not getting run over. You yes. Know? So everyday struggle. <laughs> Every day <laughs> should not complex. be a struggle. Right um, now. So shouts to her. Nadesco, go spread the word about about this uh, this little operation of ours. I would like to shout out Jeff, another friend of ours, this time from London. Oh shit! Our friend Andy Bustard. Wow! Shout out to Andy. Andy writes for misinfo.tv. Andy writes for djboo.net. Uh, I'm sure his work is elsewhere online. He's a great dude. I remember when he came here for Summer Jam a couple years ago and helped us out when we were walking around the parking lot filming ridiculous people doing ridiculous things. Yeah, I would say Andy is the one person paler than both of us. <laughs> Andy's a great dude, loves hip-hop, and, uh, and, and loves this podcast. Andy, we might be coming out to London very soon. So shout out to everybody in London. And if anyone from London wants to come here for our show on July 26th, Tickets are available right now at itsthereal.com. Yeah, get your Airbnb today. Now, we are not being paid by Airbnb. We are not. Should Airbnb want to drop off a check for the dimension? Right. I feel like this is like how Dame Dash says, you know, you want to you wanna build your own brands. You want to, mm-hmm. you know, make sure whenever you name drop, you get a check. Yeah. I'm just, you know, taking that to the nth degree. <laughs> it, I'm going to start mentioning wherever. And just put it in the air? Yeah. Well, and just, you know, then I'm going to collect my money. <laughs> uh, it's like how Smoke Dizza on our song uh, Sugar High, yeah. he, he mentioned uh, Insomnia, Insomnia cookies, cookies. And then he started getting Insomnia Cookies for free. Amazing. I... Oh, also, we start getting Insomnia Cookies for free, but that's a whole different thing. <laughs> but Airbnb, if anybody wants to drop off a check... Shout out to Maserati. Shout out to Tesla. <laughs> yeah, like this is some like aspirational thinking, you know? Not for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys next week. Brat!